Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This summer season, we're talking about our growth as a teacher, about specific ways we can take advantage of these summer months to learn and improve and reach that next level of effectiveness. And this week, we're bringing you a special episode. We have a guest teacher with us, Trish Lott. Trish is a passionate educator that's entering into her fifth year of teaching. She has experienced working in public, private, and charter schools at both urban and suburban communities, and she's taught at both the primary and secondary level. Um, So she has a lot of variety in her experience, and she's going to share with us today about her experience with some difficult classroom management situations and four steps that she's learned to prevent classroom management disaster. I think you're really going to find this post helpful. And um, you can get all the notes for it at teachfortheheart.com slash disaster. And I'll be back on at the end with a special invitation for those of you that need more classroom management help. So make sure you don't miss that at the end. Um, Before we go, though, before we um, go to the interview, though, I want to tell you a little bit about um, my friends at Christian Educators Association International. Um, If you're not familiar with CEAI, they offer a variety of services and help for Christian teachers. But one of their most notable helpful things is that they are an alternative, a Christian alternative to the Secular Teachers Union. Uh, So you can get uh, up to $2 million of liability insurance, as well as job action protection to cover legal fees for local legal representation if you're faced with job actions like suspension or termination. So like I said, they're a great alternative to the Secular Teachers Union, as well as offering you so much support and advice from a Christian perspective, whether you teach in public, charter, or private school. So you can check out all the details for that at teachfortheheart.com slash insurance. All right, we're going to take it over to Trish as she's going to share with us four simple steps to prevent classroom management disaster. I am so excited to share my four simple steps for avoiding classroom management disaster. Classroom management is one of the most challenging aspects of teaching today. It can feel like you're navigating a maze blindfolded while carrying a 100-pound backpack and getting hit with paintball pellets. Ouch. I don't know about you, but I do not think my teaching program did a fair job of letting me know what I would be facing as a teacher. Textbooks and teacher preparation classes painted a picture of compliant, well-behaved students who couldn't wait to learn. This may have been the experience of teachers 75 years ago, but it sure hasn't been my experience or the experience of any teacher I know that is currently in the classroom. I think it's time we be honest. Now, I'm not saying that you can't get your students to that place, but in my experience, a peaceful, focused, on-task classroom filled with quality learning requires hard work an excellent classroom management that's applied with godly wisdom. Let's face the facts. Society has changed. Students have changed. Parents have changed. Sadly, teachers don't always have the trust and respect of those they serve. And as the morals and values of a society implode, public servants like teachers are often left to clean up the mess. It's not your imagination. A huge number of young people 
are more disrespectful and rebellious than ever before. Parents often want to excuse their kids' wrongdoing and blame you. Administrators are often pressured to avoid disciplining students and may in turn place that pressure on you. The workload is heavier than ever. You're not alone in these observations. Teaching is hard. I've taught in a charter school, a private Christian school, and a public school. I've taught primary and secondary school. I've taught students of millionaires and students that didn't know if they'd have dinner that night. The classroom management challenges have been very similar in each situation, but there's hope. If you are in the classroom now, you have a reason to believe that God has called you to be a teacher for such a time as this. Students need godly teachers more than ever in Christian schools and in public schools, and he has called you. You can be a better classroom manager. You can build more trust with students, parents, and administrators. You can touch and even transform lives. However, it is important that you know there's some pesky roadblocks you may encounter, and it takes wisdom to avoid crashing into them. The roadblocks are often internal and external, depending on your circumstances and environment, but being aware of them and prepared for them will help your year run smoother and save you lots of time, energy, and potential conflicts down the road. So let me give you some tips to help you avoid common classroom management roadblocks. Number one, don't let students manipulate you with their emotions. Have you ever had a student start bawling when you gave them a detention? Have you experienced a student's explosive anger when they don't get to go to recess? Ever have a student protest vehemently that they should have been the student of the week and that you always pick the same kids for everything, hurtfully accusing you of showing favoritism? When you give consequences or withhold rewards as a part of your classroom management plan, you will likely encounter pushback intended to cause you to feel guilty, second-guess yourself, or give in to the student's demands. This problem can be compounded when students band together against you. Second-guessing and giving in to demands are big mistakes, though, because students will realize they can turn on the waterworks, throw temper tantrums, or rope you into an emotional debate and control you through the sheer force of their feelings. Many times the student's emotions are genuine, but oftentimes students will play up their emotions to see what you'll do. The trick is to remain calm and stick to your consequences and rewards. Once your students see that you will remain calm, resolute, and unshaken in the midst of the storm of their emotions, students will typically try those tactics less and less. Use prayerful discernment to decide whether or not to console students in the moment or acknowledge their wounded feelings, but don't by any means let their hurt or upset feelings change your predetermined set of consequences or rewards. Of course, there are rare circumstances where you truly feel led to cut the student a break or give them another chance. But this should be a very rare exception. Otherwise, students will be confused and not know what to expect from you. The goal is not to become an unfeeling automaton, but rather a consistent leader that does the right thing for students, even when it's unpopular. Students ultimately respect someone they know they cannot manipulate. Tip number two, document everything you possibly can and let the world know you are keeping track of everything. 
A wise veteran teacher once told me to document everything, and this little gem of wisdom has proven true every time. As I mentioned before, sadly, your word alone as a teacher is often not enough. In our society, everybody wants proof, proof, proof. Oddly enough, parents will often believe their kids over you, and kids lie a lot. Surprised? I was. It's a strange day we live in, so it's important to be prudent. When you call up little Johnny's mom, it is better to say, this week I counted 37 blurts, rather than Johnny's being a little too chatty. It is more effective to let the parents know exactly how many assignments their child is missing instead of merely saying their child is not getting work in on time. Did a student say something crazy? Write it down word for word. Believe it or not, you will likely forget exactly what they said, which leaves room for the student to deny it ever happened. And when you are in that parent-teacher conference, you are going to want to know exactly what was said and when. You can document in any way that's easy for your personality type, organization level, and style. Just have a system. It can be as informal as a documentation notebook you carry around everywhere to jot notes down. It can be as fancy as an Excel spreadsheet with student names and different columns representing various behaviors and the number of times they occur. I personally like carrying around a red clipboard with student names and boxes to give checks for the most common misbehaviors like talking without permission. When the students see me pick up the clipboard, they know I'm tracking and documenting their behavior, and it calms them down. There are also amazing online programs and apps like Class Dojo that make tracking these things way easier. I know time is in high demand for teachers, and it can feel too tedious to document, but this is one investment that pays dividends. And the beauty is, students will behave better when they know you're tracking their behavior and documenting what happens day to day. There is instant accountability, and when you follow through with consequences, students will think more closely about their actions. Tip number three, keep your expectations high and don't apologize for it. I will admit this one is tough. As a teacher, there are so many pressures that might tempt you to lower the bar, but don't do it. Students may complain when you have high standards and parents may even complain. But true leadership involves holding on to godly principles that remain strong, time-tested, and true in the face of adversity. As society drifts farther and farther from God, the world's standards and expectations sink lower and lower. This naturally makes Christians seem all the more peculiar, which is a good thing, but also a challenge at the same time. You see, the most basic Christian standards look like high expectations to the world, and truly high expectations look impossible to the world. So if you have high moral standards for your classroom, then you might find yourself at odds with a lot of people, even in a Christian school. This happened to me, but that's another story altogether. So let me encourage you, don't give up. Don't feel bad about expecting students to talk to you respectfully. Don't feel old-fashioned when you stop students from using inappropriate language or off-color jokes. Teach students the importance of honesty, hard work, and integrity. Encourage modesty and enforce your school's dress code. You may be the only teacher that you know of that's calling kids up higher, but you will be a massive blessing in a child's life 
even if they're not yet a Christian, even if they never become a Christian, you will have served them by speaking biblical truth into their heart and mind. This same principle remains true if you teach Christian students. Many Christian students are so inundated and brainwashed by the world that biblical truth sounds foreign. Christian students need strong, fearless teachers that won't bend the truth of God's word. Speaking truth and upholding truth might put you on a path of conflict, but don't shy away. Truth is so desperately needed in Christian and secular environments, and I believe God has placed you at your school to be a beacon of light and a proclaimer of truth. Tip number four, pray without ceasing. Last but definitely not least, pray. I have seen God do amazing things through prayer, but sometimes when we are the most stressed, prayer seems like the last thing our flesh wants to do. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. One teacher's temptations will be different than another teacher's temptation. You may be tempted to avoid disciplining certain students out of fear of their reaction or even their parents' reaction, while another teacher may struggle with taking vengeance on a certain student due to their behavior. On some days, you may be tempted to yell and scream at your students, while other days you may be tempted to simply disengage, hand out a worksheet, and sit at your desk browsing your favorite online magazine with a mocha. Often we are tempted to simply give up and coast until the end of the school year, but with the Lord's help, we can overcome all of these negative emotions. I would recommend two types of prayer. First, I believe it's important to have a daily prayer time where you pray over a list that's going on in your life and the lives of those you care about. Second, I find five-second prayers throughout the day to be a lifeline. This is sometimes called practicing the presence of God, popularized by a man named Brother Lawrence. This concept mirrors the scriptural principle of praying without ceasing. That's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You simply talk to God all day. Ask him to help your observation go well. Ask the Lord to help you be patient today. Ask him for more energy and focus. He wants you to pray and walk with him throughout your days. Ask him to make you a better classroom management and ask him for courage. God is more than willing to help you with any and everything you struggle with. And there's nothing too big or too small for him. And if your journey is anything like mine, God will often use teaching as the fiery furnace to burn off things that are displeasing to him. So don't be surprised when yucky stuff rises to the surface as a teacher. Finally, don't be discouraged by slow progress in your classroom management, and try not to make comparisons between yourself and others. Look for help wherever you can find it, then pray and ask God to help you implement what you learn. You may not always feel like you're making a difference, but I believe God is using you in the classroom in spite of your weaknesses. Thank you so much, Trish, for sharing that with us, and I hope that you've found it helpful. As I promised, if you're looking for more classroom management help, we're going to be having an upcoming live training event where we're going to be discussing back-to-school classroom management solutions. We're going to be talking about specific five common mistakes that teachers make in those critical um, first weeks of school and how you can avoid them and start the school year right. Because when you start the school year right, you will be amazed at the difference that it makes. You can join us in that if you go to teachfortheheart.com slash back to school training. 
And of course, we'll also have the link in the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash disaster. Thank you so much for being here. Can't wait to see you next week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.